Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. And we're introducing some new segments called the Real Estate Syndication Show Highlights, where we are bringing you a look back at episodes focused on a specific topic that we believe added a lot of value to you in your syndication journey. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Also hit the notification bell so you can continue to know when new shows come out. Have a blessed day. Our guest is Vinny Chopra. Thanks for being on the show, Vinny. Thank you, Whitney. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be with you always, always. With the market, like everybody says, we're expecting some type of downturn. How do you prepare, you know, as an operator, as somebody that's buying, you know, large deals, how are you prepared for this market correction? Okay, fabulous. You know, like the one we are buying that 52 million, which is bought because we already had gone through the financials and then we knew we are buying at a 6.10 cap the area called for 5.75 cap, by the way. So there is a big equity gain right there when we bought it. The big thing also is then the business plan. You know, we knew that when the loss of lease, what the residents are paying at the current time and what's the market, you know, potential or the rent for similar product and everything, amenities and all. Ours are even more amenities than the other people. So we have a $100 in the classic units, almost $200 raise that we'll do as the leases expire. So that is the big you know, like six to seven million dollar increase in value of the property in next one year. So that's a given because that is the loss of lease for the people affordability, which they'll be able to still stay at the community and pay higher rents. So you got to mitigate your risks. I call it mitigation, you know, with the downturn coming. And again, it's not going to be that huge. See, that when people think about downturn, they think about everything is going to fall apart in all over USA. That's not true. That's not true. It's in pockets. It's going to hurt, you know, and so forth like that. So you got to really look at where you're investing. Keep an eye on that market. Keep an eye on that market, not to be consumed by all the negative things that is happening overall. And it won't be every market all at once. No, it won't not. No, no, not at all. I mean, you know, like for example, Jacksonville, Orlando, that it's like billions of dollars are being spent. Why? Because more jobs are already coming to the Orlando area and so forth like that. I'm kind of giving up my, you know, secrets, but that's okay. I want everybody to be successful. That's the name of the game. We are in a bigger market, pretty big market now, 300, 400 units. But my you know, students are in the 15, 20, 30, 150 units. So it's a big pie for everybody. But the thing is, when I went there, Whitney, oh my gosh, cranes all over. That's like a dream for them. Just like Frisco. I went there to Frisco with my attorney, Milton Colgrove, three years back, maybe or four years back. and. Look what has happened north of Dallas. You know, that was the candy to me. <laughs> I mean, you know, my hotel starting, the restaurants opening every week when the Starbucks are opening and the big box offices are coming, all that. So, you know, something is up the sleeve over there. 
So from being in this business and going through a cycle already, what are you preparing differently now compared to maybe what you did through the last cycle or downturn? Okay, very good point. We started our business, by the way, in the market crash 2007 and a few of our properties went down and now they've come back up and we are selling them, you know. So we did see, I've seen the whole cycle of seven years it took us to go to from 98% occupancy to 62% occupancy where we couldn't give, we, we had returned, actually we refinanced the loans on those two properties and then we paid back already our investors. So they were okay with that, but we didn't give them cash flow in the downturn, Whitney, but now we sold them at the high, like one cornerstone village. We just did the numbers, 40% IRR for six years. And that was in the downturn, by the way. It went down with the oil price going down in Midland. That's it. If anybody wants to check me out, that's uh, Cornerstone 120 units. We were giving 45000 per per month net we were raising. 31% expense ratio. We were running it. Usually we count at 50%, but that property was just amazing. And then the good part was with the downturn, we never paid any money at all, right? We couldn't. We could not pay that. But then investors were happy because we had nothing in their thing, right? But then now with equity gain, we gave them back so much money. So 100,000, we gave 240,000 back. They got their 100 back plus 240. They love us. All right. <laughs> and that was even through the downturn. Yeah, right? through the downturn. Yes. That six and a half year hold. What's different now? Like, you know, going forward, what, maybe how are you preparing differently? Oh my gosh, you know, I would say that we are buying, definitely we are doing pressure tests, we call it, right? So we are done the pressure tests of uh, high uh, cap rate, first of all. So with the Bentley deal that we just closed, right, that is going to be at a higher cap rate. We are already saying not lower. Some people like to lower the cap rate to make their equity gain larger so that they can average it out for the investors, Ours is the reverse case because we knew that it's going to be coming next year. So we are actually putting higher number for the cap rate so that the appreciation is not as much. Of course, you know, in five years for Bentley, four years, market would have rebounded. You know, I mean, it just goes down and then it starts going back up. We don't see that happening in the Orlando market, but if it does, we'll still be okay. Yeah. And what, any kind of reserves that like you say, okay, you know, we're going to have this reserve bucket just in case it's worse than we expect. Definitely, definitely. And we raised like almost 1.2 million. We were thinking about 850, but, you know, we had so many people wanting to go into it. So we just put in our PPM, 20 million raise. We only needed 16. And so we were able to raise more than you know, what we needed. So that was great. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So any other ways or that we can see like the market changing ahead of time, Vinny, maybe some key indicators that you watch for. I know you talked about like interest rates, you know, anything else? I would say definitely stock market is a good indicator because stock market is always six months in advance. You know, if you think that, you know, what is happening today, it's 
the market movers, we call it, right? We are very small people, right? We just invest here, there. We already have heard the news, but the market movers are the ones who plan ahead. So that's where we need to be thinking about keeping an eye and also the economic report of the area, the Chamber of Commerce, the local government, the jobs, you got to keep an eye, you know, and also when you see a little bit, very good point, what you just asked me. This is amazing because in Texas, we are seeing in certain cities, the less traffic, when there is less traffic coming to the property, when you're having some difficulty in asking the people to decide on it. And when you are thinking that, you know, my gosh, I have to give some concessions or some specials, that is the time you got to rethink and look at it. What's happening to the approximate in the vicinity of your community? What are other people facing too? So you got to catch that a little bit quicker, right? And that's where you will be seeing that, you know, if that is happening, you should start digging into more reports and more reports. Do you all like secret shop other operators' properties at all? I mean, just to figure out what they're renting for or vacancies and things? Totally. Every month. Every month, bud. Yes, yes. It's called Market Rent Study. Our community manager is supposed to do it and it's all documented. And we keep that, archive those, you know, every month on the month. We like to make sure. Also, there are a lot of great Inodo, other ones. What's the other one? Real page reports. We have co-star reports. So they also do quite a good job in giving us all these great market comparison reports, right? So that's important. And we do secret shop. We love our community managers, other people. Many times when you're there, you already know the other managers too. So they call us, our property manager, and then most of the people, I think they fudge it. (laughs) You know, they they don't want to look that bad. (laughs) So that's, you know, I've seen that happen. But I think it's good to really know what the competition is doing. For sure. Yeah, that makes a big difference in our advertising, our doing. Apartments.com is amazing, amazing source where I think I'm told 87% of the people when they're looking for an apartment, when they Google it, apartments.com comes first. So that's a great way to do it. Craigslist and other places, as your audience probably knows. Our guest is Spencer Hillegoss. Thanks for being on the show, Spencer. Whitney, thank you so much. It's an honor to come and chat with you. What's changed for you, say, pre-COVID-19 to now? We actually started six months before COVID hit. And I had no idea it was coming. No one did, clearly. I mean, those of us in the space of real estate and economists and financiers, you know, they, they all knew, we all knew there's probably a recession coming because we were over a decade into a bull market, you know, into a growth cycle. And if you study history, you know that that cycle is going to end. It's just, it has to happen. Something has to give. No one out there knew that COVID-19 was going to hit. I certainly didn't. I don't know if that crystal ball. If you know anyone that does, I would love to meet them. But we didn't know that. So what we had started though, was we started deliberately shifting strategically within our business, preparing to pull a figurative lever. Like we're going to basically pull a lever and say, you know what, if this comes, let's be ready. We're going to go and lean harder into certain asset types. And so we're only going to work with a select few partners and we're not going to say yes to working with everybody. And we are going to be selective about who we work with and the asset types we go into. So we started saying no more often Mm -hmm. to deals. We started saying no more often to sponsors. 
we went harder into a couple of places that we're already fond of and we've done deals. So we looked at things like self-storage. Multifamily has been and will continue to be a primary focus for us. But we also started looking into self-storage. We also started looking into mobile home parks. And we've done that really you know, sparingly over the past three years. But now we're going heavier into it because there's certain things that just align very well within that space, you know, within those asset classes. So that's the kind of stuff that, you know, gearing up for pre and post COVID we were planning for. I don't know what's going to happen six months from now. I don't claim to have any answers. I will say though, out of all the opinions that are flying around out there, Whitney, it's amazing how the doom and gloom, you know, (laughs) I'd say fortune tellers that were saying that, right, that by now we're sitting here in June 1st, we were expecting to see like rent collections from multifamily bottom out by now. I think nationally, we almost saw not only flat, but depending on A class, B class, C class, we're actually seeing it up a little bit. So it's not necessary for people to go out, I think, and be so darn doom and gloom about things. We're just taking the data as it comes in, making thoughtful business assumption decisions. And I will say this, we have done one deal to date this year. And that one deal on paper, really strong counter-cyclical, I would say, recession resilience baked into it in the numbers, like a really great break-even occupancy, meaning the thing could be half full. The apartment could literally be half full and still profitable. So those are the types of things that we look for. And I think pre and post-COVID or more like pre-recession and then mid-recession. And by the way, we're not post-COVID. We're in this thing. We're in this thing for a while, in my humble opinion. So I don't want to insinuate that we're actually done with it. There's still people out there going through hardship right now. And that's a fact. So those are some of the things that I would say have shifted for us and we're focusing on now. Nice. So maybe highlight just a few things of an example of an attractive deal for you, you know, and you can say pre-COVID or now either one, or maybe it's always the same, but give us a few details of that attractive deal to your team. Yeah. You know, so a couple things on the who, I already went into this a bit, but I would just say looking for people that have done it before, ideally in a specific market and they've done it before they've run that business plan and strategy before. For example, if it's their first time doing a value add, you know, they're taking, they're buying that asset, they're improving that asset, and they're doing it with a A class, B class, C class multifamily property. We don't want to be their guinea pig necessarily. And so that's the kind of stuff first and foremost that we do look for. Now we have gone further into places like self-storage. And so, you know, examples would be right now, storage is appealing to us and to me and for our capital. We have actually invested already very recently in a self-storage deal. And so I could speak to it from our own capital perspective. We put our money in because there's these D words, which are not always rosy to talk about, but they are a need that has to get met in the middle of downturns, which is if there's unfortunately a downsizing at a company, you know, if someone has to downsize their lifestyle, they have to store that stuff somewhere. Mm -hmm. If someone has an unfortunate death in the family, and it's inevitable at some point, they have to typically have storage needs. You know, those are the types of things that we are looking for And we're also looking for things that have, as we're going to this downturn, slightly higher cash on cash returns. You know, I think as you were looking at the later stages of the growth cycle, you could see some of these projects that that were banking really heavy on the back end of a project at the sale to achieve those really kind of sexy looking returns. Now, heading into other asset classes at this stage of the cycle, we're seeing some pretty compelling, you know, cash on cash. And so that's what attracted us with our own capital 
two projects like the ones that we just invested in because you're able to see really solid returns. I mean, I would say even like double digits within uh, cash on cash. So that's the kind of stuff we're looking for. We're still in some of these markets that we have been in and we're continuing to going to be a fan of. You know, I would say, you know, some of them would be like, we've been in Texas, we're going to still be in Texas, the Carolinas, opportunistic in Florida. I would say Idaho is, is up and coming and appealing. And so I think there's a handful of markets that are really attractive to us because all those quote unquote fundamentals around migration trends are actually now still playing out, by the way, Whitney. I would say we don't know yet how much of an impact COVID will ultimately have on the question when people ask, where should I live now? Because Man, I mean, all the way down to how apartment buildings are structured, all the way the cities are laid out. These are all things that are going to be impacted for years to come, most likely within COVID. So for sure. we'll have to just watch and see. What's a way you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? Well, that is a really timely question. So a couple of things we materially changed, I should say, added to our vetting process. We now do a comprehensive background check on a sponsor before we invest with them for the first time. And that's not cheap. I mean, we're talking about spending about a thousand bucks or something like that. Maybe it depends on the person and the level of depth, but it could be 500 to a thousand bucks. So we're actually putting our own money into that. Now, is that as a passive investor or you mean as a co-sponsor? So two-part answer to that. So before we actually even become a co-sponsor with an active sponsor, we are now also putting our own money in first, pure, just as a LP. And so that was a deliberate step. So those are two deliberate steps that we just kind of segued into, Whitney, which is we are putting our own money in pure just as LPs before we start working with a sponsor as a co-sponsor. We're also now background checking the sponsor to make sure that they are who they say they are. And we already believe them. By that point, I've had dozens of conversations with them. This is not like a cold reach out on LinkedIn and say, hey, I'm going to go pay for a background check on you. Do you want to work with me? That would be quite creepy. And so instead, what we did was put those two processes in place more recently. And uh, there's a couple other things that we're now doing because it's harder to get on the plane. You know, there are really, really great services you can do to go and do due diligence and inspections physically in person. If I can't necessarily get on a plane the way that I typically do to go and look at a property firsthand myself, which is usually part of our standard process too. So those are a couple of things that we've now done because you got to get rigorous. And there's lots and lots of people doing this stuff for the first time. There's lots of sponsors that are enthusiastic, highly capable people, but they're newer in the game. And we want to make sure that their experience doesn't come with any baggage. You know, Like if there's a felony on there, we want to make sure that we know about it. We want to make sure that at least they're forthright with their histories too. We hope that you have enjoyed the highlight show today. You can always listen to the full episodes that were featured today by clicking the links in the show notes page in the, in the description box. Let us know in the comments what you thought of this episode, or you can go to lifebridgecapital.com forward slash podcast and click the feedback button. Let us know how we can add more value to you. Thank you and talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success. 